Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. I hope you're having a great weekend and things are are just going well for you. And thank you for taking a few minutes out and listening to Exploring Missions. It's my treat and, and Nathan's treat to be with you, Bert Harper, Nathan Harper. And yes, it is father and son and Uh, We did work together at a church, and now we get to work together here on the radio and appreciate you listening to Exploring Missions. And when you think about missions, you think about the Great Commission. It's just part of it. And I want to read that for us today, and then we're going to look at some three elements that we want to make sure you understand and expand on those. But it says in Matthew 28, verse 18 and following, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, that's the one you hear always when you hear Exploring Missions. You hear that read, but we wanted to read it again for you. And, Nathan, when you see that, we have our marching orders, don't we? Yeah, we really do. And, you know, Matthew 28, and we're, we're here quite often as we, uh, as we share and talk. Um, but there's, you know, more than one uh, recording of, of the commission of the great commission of Jesus and Matthew 28 just happens to have one of those, but it's, it might, might be the most expanded version of that. And so that's kind of why we tend to, uh, to go there and find quite a lot actually packed into these few verses. Um, one of the things that we find is, um, three basic, uh, action points, uh, three foundational, um, actions that, you know, all, all believers, all followers of Jesus are to uh, undertake. Um, but it's also, you know, collectively as the church, we are all to uh, be a part of these three activities and they work together. And today we want to look at what those are. You can call them connect, engage, and advance. And we're going to look at those and kind of how they play out, but specifically how they play out uh, as they're lived out on mission on mission, like whether an individual is a disciple maker or a team is going out to plant churches and what that might look like. Now, when I hear those three words, and I want to talk about the first and then last one, uh, before you got, you, before you engage, you got to connect. So this, and, and you see this uh, in the Great Commission, you see it in the other commissions that Jesus would give, that there is a a, a, I use the word logical and, and don't think it's illogical, but, but again, it is. You connect, you engage, you advance. When you do that, you're making that possible. But we have the message that we want to carry, the gospel that is part of that. So we want to connect with people. So that means people connecting with other people, doesn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, here in Matthew 28, um, verse uh, 18, actually verse 19, uh, we see that that kind of demonstrated or modeled for us or spoken about by Jesus here. And he says uh, there in the middle of verse 19, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the emphasis, I think, in that part of the verse is the connection uh, of the of the Trinity, of, the, of Jesus and his Father and the Holy Spirit who will be sent. Um, and that that community um, of which is a you know a mystery for us to try to figure out and try to understand, but it's it's a truth of Scripture that um, you have this Trinity and you have this community um, of of love and fellowship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and a baptized believer is has been invited in and has uh, become a part of that community, and we call that the church, obviously. And so uh, the first part is, is of connect is kind of foundational and based right right here in Matthew chapter 28. And and when we see that and we see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on the other program that I do called Exploring the Word, we get a lot of people say, well, what if you baptized in Jesus' name? What if you're baptized in the Father's name? They are they are three in one, And but here I think the emphasis is, like you said, this community, they're agreeing together. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. There we have God. He He was impetus of the father. I want to send my son. And the son said, I will go and I want to do my father's will. And Jesus, so when the Holy Spirit said, when the Holy Spirit will come, he will draw all men unto myself. So, so you see them working together and they are one, but again, three in one. Uh, as you said, Nathan, uh, unexplainable uh, in man's mind, and that intrigues me and blesses me. If I could understand it, it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be as awesome as it really is. But it is a connection that they have with one another and inviting us in to be a part of that community or that family. Uh, that's what we that's what missions is about. It's an invitation for others to come in, isn't it? Absolutely. And so once that connection, is made and has been established, uh, then you want to engage. Okay. And so we see that in the very next clause in uh, verse 20, it says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Okay. Now, um, we, we have a connection established. And so we want to engage. And in other words, we want to go deeper into the truth of who Jesus is, the truths of, of scripture. Um, and we want to engage as we're on mission. We want to engage the people that we're connected with, um, with this overarching story of, of of the Bible and what God is up to in the world and how they can be a part of that. Um, and so we we uh, we're going to engage them and and they're engaging as they as they obey. And so uh, obedience uh, will result in in growth and in ultimately in Christ likeness. So our purpose is to teach them, to show them uh, the word. It has the idea of demonstrating as well as telling. Uh, it, it is both and. It's not either or. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came. He wasn't satisfied standing up in heaven and saying, I love you. He was engaging us as he came to us and he dwelt among us. 
And, and as John would say, we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So because of God's connection and because of his engagement to us uh, through Christ, the book of Hebrews says that so well that in these last days he's spoken to us by his Son. Now, he had already given the law. He had already given the prophets. He had already shared a lot, but he says, I want to send you this last one to engage you so that you can be a part of that that great family. So, Nathan, I would say that Jesus <laughs> uh, practiced this engagement by coming to us. Yeah, absolutely. This is, These are the steps that Jesus took uh, with, with the 12 uh, that he's speaking here to. Uh, it's, the st- it's the steps that he took with us um, and, and those that have come uh, bringing the gospel to us and our people and the, the, the generations maybe that have come to know Christ for the first time, uh, you know, way before us. Um, this is what happens. They, there was a connection. There was an engagement. And then the third part is advance. The, fir- the third activity is to advance this gospel, um, advancing the kingdom. Um, and that's, that one's real easy to see. If you go back to the very beginning, um, verse 19, Jesus says, therefore go, right? Go and make disciples of all the nations. So the going is advancing. Uh, wherever we go, wherever we go on mission, we're advancing uh, the kingdom. We're advancing the gospel into uh, new territory. And we want to be purposeful about that. Um, but these are the three activities, and we want to kind of... Uh, Put them like lay them out in a practical way. Well, let's uh, let's take that journey and you lead us and lay it out so that we can follow. Yeah. So you know when we're determining to obey this commission here, you know to make disciples of all the nations, uh, we want to answer um, three foundational questions that will help guide us to and, and shape us as we as we do this as we live on mission. And you know these these questions are simply who, who do we focus our energies on? And that's obviously that's the, the connect piece. Uh, who do we focus our energies on? Who do we connect with? The next question is what? What is our plan for engagement? So, you know, that's the engage piece, obviously. What do we, what do, we do once we connect with these people? What is our plan? And then the third question is how? How do we begin the process of making disciples? And that's that's the advance uh, element. So these questions, these uh, three uh, actions, were going to help us as disciple makers to think through, to visualize, to flesh out some foundational concepts. Okay. Um, well, Nathan, when you say who uh, can we have? Can I know it's the world, but you know sometimes you're you're trying to hit so many that you hit none. So. Right. I think a, a key word I heard was focus. Sounds like we are to have focus, like Paul was an apostle, quote, to the Gentiles, you know? Uh, yes. Seems like there's some focus there, isn't there? It is. Focus is good. And Jesus, you know, was there uh, focusing the disciples. The Holy Spirit's here with us, focusing us. Um, and, and we're pointed in specific places at specific times where we are to live on mission and where we are to uh, you know, focus our energies. And so that, but the, we got to remember the focus is really a who it's a people. It's, it's the people around us. It's the, um, I, you know, it's, it's about persons over programs. Um, and so if we can answer that question of who are we supposed to be reaching out to, who are we supposed to be making disciples among, um, 
then then we'll have that focus. And, and there's two two elements to focus that are going to help us to, to do that more effectively. The first one is gospel need. Okay, gospel need. Now, gospel need measures access to the gospel. So you take a group of people or you take a segment of a population. Um, this could be in a city. It could be in a region. It could be in a neighborhood. You know, it doesn't matter. It could be in a workplace. But there's a segment of any population group that do not have the access to the gospel that they probably need. That sounds like that's the hardest group to reach. Not yeah, I mean— the- it, it is. I mean, that's we even call some of these people unreached, uh, unreached people groups or even unengaged unreached people groups where there's not enough uh, witness or maybe not a single witness of the gospel among these people. Um, and so, we, you know, you can it could be as broad as an ethnic group. It could be as narrow as, you know, th- these people on this part of town and sort of that sort of thing. But we need to understand where where do people not have the access to the gospel? Uh, what is their gospel need? So that's one element. Another element is gospel openness. So on the other hand, when people do have access to, to the gospel, how do they respond to it? What is their receptivity to the gospel? So, you know, these are maybe people that are open to it, who are highly responsive. Um, in, in a lot of times, in some mission fields, this will be a people group which you would already you would consider already reached with the gospel, um, and then some places you might be where there's not any responsive uh, people to the gospel. Nobody seems to be receptive to the gospel. Um, but measuring uh, who you're to focus on uh, will be much easier. You know, answering that question will be much easier if you take in gospel need, gospel openness, put them together and kind of find out maybe where you need to be. Uh, and, and unfortunately, most of our missionaries, most of our workers go to where it's easier, go to where there's high receptivity uh, to the gospel. And we tend to avoid where there's a greater gospel need. That is amazing. Now, what we're wanting to do, we're just not talking about, quote, a foreign country. We're talking about your neighborhood. We're talking about your city. And we're, we're looking at your area. Is there an area where there's a need for the gospel to be shared? Is there something that you've heard there's an openness? Uh, you know, it's kind of like a wave. Every once in a while, this wave will come along, and there's a great uh, openness to the gospel with, with a certain people group, whatever that people group is, mm-hmm. ethnicity or occupation or whatever it might be and pouring, quote, resources of people in at those places at the right moment is very important, isn't it? It is. You don't disregard either gospel need or gospel openness. You really want to go for a balance and be uh, nimble and be um, ready to to move where God's working. But sometimes God will call you to a very uh, barren, spiritually barren place. If God has that specific call in your life, then I would encourage you, brother or sister, be faithful in that in that place, whether you see fruit in your lifetime or not, uh, your witness is, is desperately important there. Um, but also at the same time, we don't want to neglect where God is working in the moment. So we want to just take into account both gospel need and gospel openness. And through the Spirit in prayer, 
if we're looking at those, trying to balance those, I believe we'll be able to know who God wants us to connect with uh, as we go out on mission. After you find that and you identify them, you connect, then you engage. Let's go through that part. All right. So engage, we're talking about answering the question, what is our plan? What do, do we have a plan? What is our plan to engage these people that we've connected with? We want to engage them with the gospel. We also want to engage them in disciple making uh, because it's, you know, it's not enough just to uh, say, hey, I've, I've been baptized. Um, we want to see them grow to become more and more like Jesus. And so that requires engagement. It requires a plan. Um, let me give us three parts to to that plan. There's more than this we can say, but really the easiest thing is to, you know, narrow it down to three things. Uh, your first step in this plan of engaging people, you want to proclaim the good news. You want to literally open your mouth, speak the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ into their lives. And it takes a lot of things. It takes a lot of trust on the front end uh, as you build that connection. Uh, but we want to proclaim the gospel, and we want to do that with boldness. We want to do it uh, with love. Uh, but pro- proclamation is the first uh, first step. The second step is story. Now, when I say story, that doesn't mean you know you make up a story. It means you tell the story. You proclaim the story of Jesus. Um, and you know that's really not too hard to do. It's it's a simple story. It's the story of how Jesus came and lived and and died and was raised to life and that he's coming back. Um, But it's also your story. You know, you can tell your story of how Jesus changed your life and saved you as well. And then the third, uh, third aspect is, is love, simply uh, showing love, demonstrating love, um, you know, giving an example of love and, and also remember, this is not just necessarily for individuals. This is really specifically for churches, for communities on mission. And so we are to give an example and be a place, a, a people of love. We love one another, and that's how the world will know that we're, we're followers of Jesus. Nathan, when, want- you, when you say that, I believe there's a lot of people out there that do not believe that the church cares at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they see a building uh, they see cars parked on the parking lot. They see all these people coming and going, and and they may be real close by where they can view it at, at close up, and, and they have the opinion, well, no one cares, and so they may be hurting beyond measure. And and part of this, again, what you said is going back to identifying those that are in need. They're probably all around us, aren't they? They are. They are, and, and you know, we have to connect first uh, before we engage. But as we engage, we need to have a plan for engagement. Um, but love is all the way through it. And, you know, we're to really the church is an embodied witness in a local place. Uh, so it's, it's a witness of who Jesus is and what he's done. Uh, but it's lived out in, in fleshed out in people's lives. And we're to live that out on display for people to see. So the proclamation is us, it's declaring the declaration of what Jesus has done for us. And then the story is completing that, the rest of it, kind of filling that in and sharing the story of Jesus. And then our story has changed our lives. And, and we 
And so what we're doing, we're talking about the the sharing the gospel. We're talking about showing the gospel at the same time. That love is showing it, isn't it? It is. It's lived out on a day-to-day basis. And so, uh, you know, your walk and your talk matches up. Okay. So the, the third action, the third question is how. How are we to get down to the, you know, the bare bones of making disciples among these people? What is their process? You know, how do we, how do we uh, fulfill this uh, mission? And we have to have a process uh, to do that. We have to start somewhere, but we have to go somewhere. We have to have an end result in mind. Um, and so really it starts with um, a disciple maker, each individual follower of Jesus abiding in Jesus, you know, through prayer and through God's word. Um, and as, as they're abiding in Christ through prayer and God's word, they're partnering with God. Uh, basically what they're doing, they're like a farmer, like a, a plant planting seed, but they're saturating the soil uh, as God is preparing hearts to receive the gospel. Um, and so as we're abiding and with loving relationships, overflowing into action and evangelism, um, we're going to see some abundant seed sowing. Lots of sharing of the gospel with anyone and everyone that we can share the gospel with. And just a quick hint on that, the more you share the gospel with people, the more you'll be able to measure uh, your focus and you'll see where the gospel need is and you'll see where the gospel receptivity is. When you say that, the soil can't help but think about Jesus' parable about stony soil, hard soil, the soil that had a lot of weeds in it and then the fruitful soil. So that God saturates our life and we'll abide in him. And and when we see that, abide in me and I in you, and you can ask what you will and it'll be done into you, uh, that abided in Christ really gets us ready to do this work, doesn't it? It does. It's not a point in time where it starts. It, it uh, Unless you just say now, it starts now, that abiding relationship with Jesus, and it continues uh, throughout this work. Um, so both an abiding relationship with Jesus and a broad sowing of the gospel, you know, like, like we're sowing seeds everywhere we go, broadcasting the gospel. Um, both of those are essential if we want to see a movement, a disciple-making movement, a church-planting movement. What we, when we say movement, what we mean is multiplication. Uh, we, we're not just satisfied with seeing one person come to Jesus. Now, that's glorious, and that's wonderful. And it starts with one, but we don't want to end with one. We want to see disciples that make disciples uh, and that continue that multiplication process. We want to see not just one church planted. We want to see churches planted and churches that are planting other churches. So we need to see that, have that harvest mindset of that multiplication that, you know, that God wants to bring. When we're sowing the seeds uh, uh, in, in reading for this, uh, you know, an insider and outsider, I could not help but think of that that person of peace that Jesus talked about. And that person gives validity to the person that's on the outside. Now, Jesus was incarnational, okay? He came and dwelt among us. And so, Nathan, is there a, you know, as you're sowing this seed, yes, you want to do it, but there's got to be some kind of identity. And when they identify you as someone who cares, uh, identifies you as someone who is willing to be a part 
of uh, I'm not talking about sin and I'm not talking about joining in with them in sin, but we're talking about joining them as someone who cares. Uh, Are they more receptive to receive that from an insider than someone on the outside trying to keep their distance from them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, a person of peace, if we ever uh, find someone like that, uh, we'll be well on our way to seeing um, uh, a movement in, in, in happen. And, and uh, whether we discover someone who's a person of peace or we become that person of peace for a whole community, uh, God will use that person as kind of a jumpstart or a, um, a um, shortcut to, to uh, seeing a movement happen. Um, and, you know, God will use that as we, as we learn who to focus on. And, uh, you know, as we, this process, there's, there's really four parts and we just want to mention these before we, before we end. So the first one we've already talked about is abiding, abiding in Christ in prayer and the word. And then we go out, we're seeking. Uh, so we're abiding, we're seeking. That means, uh, sharing the gospel, broad seed, seed sowing of the gospel. But also when we meet believers, and here we go back to the person of peace. When we when we meet someone who's a believer, maybe a new believer or maybe existing believer for a long time, we want to enlist them in the work and get them to go out seeking with us. Now, as we go out, out abiding and seeking, then we want to start applying. And that means having a plan for discipleship and even leadership development. We want to start developing and growing people as they start obeying God's word. And then the fourth step, is then planting. We want to see churches formed and started and believers, uh, disciples multiplied and, uh, and they begin to be sent out on mission and that multiplication starts. So abiding, seeking, applying, planting. And just like you mentioned that, uh, the parable of the four soils, remember the end result of that. Uh, when, when the seed fell on the good soil, you saw a harvest of 30, 60 or 100 times, we're talking about multiplication of, of, of disciples, multiplication of churches. That would be the openness, wouldn't it, that we started out with, the openness. Yeah, and yeah. when it comes, catch it. Let's, we haven't got about a minute and a half left. Church planting. Uh, every church that's existence today had to start from somewhere where some people or another church purposefully started a work. Uh Every church ought to have that as a goal to start a work somewhere, and sometimes it's in hard places, isn't it? It is, and I, my challenge would be uh, don't just start a work. Now, you do have to start with a work. You have to start with the one, but don't let that be the end. Start with the one uh, for there to be a multiplied number, uh, you know, maybe of an unknown number. Just, you know, you could set a goal, uh, you know, the Spirit leading you to do that. But you really want to be a part of churches that plant churches, that plant churches, and disciples that make disciples who go out and make more disciples. Nathan, I, I want to thank you for guiding us through this about uh, connect, engage, advance, which comes straight from the Great Commission. We're praying that you would connect with those and look to see who the hard cases might be that you would engage them in proclaiming the gospel and sharing your love and telling your story and finally to advance the gospel even to a, a Bible study group and then a church. Nathan, thank you for leading us through this. Yes, sir. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. It's our joy to be with you each weekend. We pray that you would have a great rest of the weekend and that God would use you in advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 